Today we have the most wonderful guests. This is Chris and Parisa Shelton from Burbank, I believe, in LA. Um, welcome, guys! I'm so excited to have you. Hi, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. For, yeah, thank you for having us. We're so excited to be on your podcast. Absolute pleasure. So the reason that I've invited you guys on today is that uh, I really believe in the work that you're doing. As a lot of people already would have heard on this podcast, that uh, I am a martial artist and. You guys also are martial artists and have a history with martial arts. And so there was an immediate synergy when we first spoke in terms of not just the combat and fighting arts, but also the healing side of martial arts. So I really love if you could introduce yourselves to my listeners and just tell me a little bit about what you guys do. You want to go first? You go first. Okay, I'll <laughs> go first. So once again, my name is Chris Shelton and my wife, uh, Priest and I, own and operate the Morning Crane Healing Arts Center, both in San Jose, California, which is in the San Francisco Bay Area, as well as here in Los Angeles. Uh, we teach the practice of, we, there's two components of our business. One component is we see patients in clinic uh, with uh, utilizing uh, classical Chinese medicine, uh, almost like an old form of acupuncture. Uh, and then we teach classes in Qigong and then other wellness classes as well too. But the main thing is, is that the Qigong that we're teaching there's different styles. There's the internal style for internal martial arts and such, but more importantly, the style that we teach is for mental health. And uh, we're clinical directors for all of California for the Special Olympics for a new program called Healthy Athletes, Strong Minds, uh, where we give these tools to the athletes, coaches, and their families in order to deal with, you know, not only the stress of competition, but more importantly, like, what do you do if somebody's bullying you? You know, what do you do if you get into an argument with somebody, right? And most people don't realize this, but people with intellectual disabilities tend to have a shorter lifespan than someone without intellectual disabilities. And uh, besides that, we teach for the uh, HHS, which is the um, hospital system. So we uh, teach uh, mindfulness classes uh, for first responders for the patients of Santa Clara County. And, um, and then also we do, uh, we have a teacher training program. And then also we uh, have a cheat club that's every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from 8 to 8.30. And so that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, so just a little bit. You're just doing a little bit, right? Just a little bit. Our, um, our elevator pitch, if you will, yes. is that we help natural remedy seekers relieve pain, reduce stress, and access higher levels of well-being. Oh, so I like that. that. Doing private sessions and group classes, we do it online and in person. So it's just so fun. And then we get to work together. We're a husband and wife team. You know, it's definitely a family business that's growing because as as um, things kind of shake up, people are becoming more and more aware of like, I need to take care of my body physically and emotionally. And that's kind of um, what Chris just said. Our sweet spot is the deal, helping people process and deal with day-to-day -day emotions and also past trauma, stress, and strife. So yeah. So, you know, and, and considering what we, the whole world has been going through, um, you know, because we had this large county contract with Santa Clara County where we were in charge of the 23,000 employees for employee wellness, uh, we got to see really the numbers for um, the suicide rates, um, spousal yeah. abuse, child abuse mm. increase, um, uh, relapse with addiction, you know, alcoholism, yeah. uh, because yeah. people didn't have the tools. Like, you know, there's so much fear, there's so much unknown. And what Qigong does is that it empowers people to take care and take charge of their wellness. Because in Chinese medicine, they say that the superior doctor is one that can prevent disease before disease sets in. So what it does is, is that it gives you the tools to be able to uh, recognize when disease is set in. And, you know, mental health is also a disease. And in Chinese medicine, it's actually not just up here, but like when a patient comes in, we look at other organ imbalances which affect the heart, which then affect this up here. So, so yeah, so uh, what we found is, is through this whole ordeal that's gone on, is that it really gave people the tools, especially people that were, you know, really in lockdown, right? And not seeing family and stuff. It really gave them a sense of community and hope and also helped to deal with their emotional stress surrounding uh, what was going on in their environment. 
Absolutely. There's, there's so much I could talk to in, uh, in what you've just said. One first thing before we go on, can you say what is Qigong? So Qigong is a 5,000-year-old practice at least. It's the foundation of acupuncture. It's the foundation of Tai Chi. And Qi is the life force energy that emanates through all living things. Um, everything is an expression of Qi. Even, yes. you know, the, the chair you're sitting on is an expression of Qi yes. and matter to some level, right? And Gong is a skill in which to harness this life force energy. In, um, and in this case, in order to improve the functions, functionality of your internal organ mm -hmm. system, which then brings about... Uh, better health and vi uh, vitality. So anytime you see the word gong uh, used in this context, then it means skill. So like gong fu means skill with a fist. So qigong is teaching you the skill in which to harness this energy that's around us, uh, but also contained within us too. And, and what I'd like to tell people is that if you have no idea what qi is, and when I was first introduced to qigong when I was 19 years old and and uh, the, the gentleman who introduced me to it was talking about chi. you know, I was like, oh, there's no such thing as chi. There's like cheese whiz and cheese its, right? But what I tell people is, is I think of it in terms of your blood or fluids inside your body. So we have a saying that the blood contains the chi and chi moves the blood around the body. Mm -hmm. So it's not separable. So it's inter, it's intertwined, which then falls back to the foundations of yin and yang philosophy as well. So, so yeah, so Qigong is, is and what we love about it is that Qigong is, a, is easier to practice than Tai Chi. And, and, you know, we have paraplegics that take the classes. Yeah, and even if you're somebody that has some type of uh, inflammatory disease uh, where you can't, we've seen some people with like lupus, for example, they can't lift their arms up. Yeah. Believe it or not, just using the mind intent is powerful enough yeah. to start to change the process of the inflammation in the body, which is creating those symptoms. And I love that, you know, we can put these things in Western terms. So, so what you were just talking about then reminds me of neuroplasticity, you know, like yeah. the way that we create new neural pathways in the body. But what I also really love about what you guys do is just that uh, you talk about mental health arising in the body that so much in the West, you know, is focused on the rational, the logical, the mindfulness, the, the mental side of things. And what I love about traditional Chinese medicine or TCM and what, what you guys, the paradigm that you guys work from, is that it really understands the somatic. It understands that mind and body work together and actually often it's body-mind, not mind-body. You know, we sort of say it the wrong way around in a way. I don't want to say wrong, but you know what I mean. And, uh, and so... I think that's really great. And there's so much we could talk about to distill the essence of TCM in this conversation. But what I'm interested in is your story. I'd love to hear a little bit about why you guys, why do you guys do this work? What brought you to this work? Hmm. Where to begin? Where yeah. to begin? Go for it. You got time. Uh, well, stories? <laughs> well, Let's see. My story was that I was um, grew up in Silicon Valley, and both of my parents are PhD physicists, and it and also from very two different cross cultures. My dad's from Iran, and my mom is from the East Coast, from Philadelphia. She's her descendant is Russian Jewish. So usually, for like a Muslim and a Jewish person to get married and have kids Big. in a lot of situations wouldn't be acceptable. But in Silicon Valley, yeah. pretty much the birthplace of innovation and like the technological development yeah. that we've seen in our lifetime has been yes. amazing. So grew up through that. And then, um, and then went to UC Santa Cruz was kind of floating around and I went and worked for my parents. They have a high tech company cool. and I did high tech equipment sales and traveled around the world selling the NNK analyzer. And then I realized that it was like not really what I wanted to do. And it was challenging working with my mom. Any, any mother daughters out there can relate. Like it can be it. very challenging. Yeah. And we step back into like our old patterns of, yes. you know, instead of like employer employee, that kind of relationship, it was like, yes, mother daughter. So anyway, that wasn't working. And I was, I joined a gym down the street. I started taking this aerobics class, which transitioned into Pilates. <laughs> and I just fell in love with like the movement system. And my teacher at the time, took me under her, her wing 
And then I started going to the local junior college again, got my massage license, studied, fell in love with like anatomy and physiology, wow. functional movement. And then I had a boyfriend and we had like a sad breakup. And that was the catalyst. One of a uh, client, actually a mutual client of Chris and Chris and I's. Yeah. Um, we had this whole conversation about finding your soulmate. And then oh, during a, a, a private Pilates session, and then yeah. she came back the next week and was like, I got the person for you. Guess what? We found him. <laughs> <laughs> I love There's that. There's a whole other backstory of why in my mind that wasn't going to work. Oh, you could go ahead and say it because it's, it's just, why? It's, really, it's really being real. <laughs> okay. But yeah. We're going to be real on this podcast. hundred yeah, percent. Let's, be real. let's on, be real. Okay. We're being real on this podcast. So she's oh, yeah. like. I was in his office. She, he had a um, massage uh, shared office space yeah. and saw he, cause she knew that I was starting to study Qigong through D at De Anza. Okay. And then she's like, and he's so, and so he had this trophy. Chris had just won this <laughs> martial arts Kung competition Kung. and like this six wow. foot tall trophy. And wow. she bumped into Chris and somehow she thought of me. And then she was telling me he's so cool. And he's got like tattoos on his arms, but uh, by the way, and she's like, Oh, just, and yeah, you know, he's got four kids and, oh. but I, you'll really like him. And I was like, <laughs> my 29 year old self with my cat. I was like, Oh, I don't think that's going to work. Four kids. Yeah. Four kids. Yeah. Amazing. And so two, ex two ex-wives and a partridge in a pear tree I came with. Oh right. my gosh. And so, and how, I had the, how did you, how did you get around that? Like, how did you come to well, terms with that? I hadn't come to terms with it at that time. So I kind of like put it, erase it from my mind. And yeah. then, and then maybe two or three weeks later, the studio, Plotty studio that I was working for, um, my boss suddenly got threatened by me. And instead of like it helping me expand and grow into the next. All oh, right. Felt competitive. Of, like felt. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. It was like more of a competition now. Yeah. So yeah. Suddenly fired me from working there. Oh. Pushed me out of the nest. And yeah. then I'm going through this process of like, I have clients and a practice that I want to, I'm continuing and I just yeah. looking for a space or like networking or whatever. Yeah. And then that's when I, I found Chris's card. Cause I was like on the phone, emailing, doing all the things. Yeah. And I called and left a message. Hey, Chris, this is Parisa. <laughs> just wanting to, Lori Kirk told me about what you do, possibly yeah. looking for an office space. Uh, let's have a, can we have a meeting or whatever? And then he called me back. Yeah. And then I remember because you called me Teresa. Hey, Teresa, this is Chris Shelton. Teresa, and, uh, you must get that a little bit. Do you I get do, that? I do. Yeah. Just yeah. a little. Yeah. And then, um, and then the, it was so wild because it was literally like love at first sight. Aww. When we first met, it was so intense. And That's cool. Connected right away. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when, um, she made the meeting. I wasn't expecting um, a date. This was just a normal. <laughs> it was a business yeah, meeting. Business yeah, meeting. She might have been a client, a subcontractor, right? Ran out of space. You know, yeah. this is what I was thinking. So when I said let's meet for lunch or an early dinner, that would be no different than right. anybody sure. else that would contact me over the. Yeah, same mm. you didn't yeah. put your nice shirt on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had. I think I had slacks. She, she had slacks like, on. She I was dressed nice. She had slacks, a resume in her hand, <laughs> and I was in my treatment room, and I heard her walking. I walked out, and it was like the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show. When I saw her, it was like Bluga. You know, like. Oh wow. Yeah, and so we went. Uh, there's a, 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 a or, or organic uh, fresh mex place down the street from the nice. office, and uh, we went there and. Couple of margar uh, mango margaritas later. Oh, nice. Uh, three o'clock. Three o'clock in the morning. I said, you know, I said, um, I still haven't seen that resume, but you're fine. I got the job. <laughs> That's yeah. brilliant. But so then you were. Was it like you were working together and dating then? Was it like what happened? Yeah, it was so interesting because we had both separately been co-manifesting right. in the chi field without really knowing it. Nice. I had got this book called The Soulmate Secret. 
how to manifest your soulmate. And that's actually for any of the ladies looking for love. That's a good tip. 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 I did the audio book. I'm just an audio learner. Nice. I, I told them, this is so fascinating how it's unfolding. I'm, and um, just I've been co-creating and like imagining you in my life this whole time, to, even to the point where the left side of my closet is empty. Oh, wow. I love that. You made space. And I made space. But yeah, then, I love that. What did you tell me after that? Well, she not only did she have the left side of her closet open, but also the left, okay, a couple left drawers open. Yeah. yeah. And I said, you're kidding me because I've been waiting for you because I have the right side of my closet. Oh, I love it. And the right drawers uh, opened up. So it was really yeah. funny how. It was like the opposite. And we both had done that same thing. Yin yeah. yang. I know. Yeah, yin yang, right. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So there's all these like serendipitous, like little things that lined up for us that just. And you trained in like parallel because like you you clearly have very twin intentions but different roles, yes. you know, like you can yes. see that. And so it's really interesting, isn't it? That's amazing. It's so so how long have you been together now? Uh, 11, 11 years. years. We got, oh, we me and my husband ago. too. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we got married on uh, 11, 11, 11 at 11. Right, cool. Just to, just for a little bit of symbolism, just a little bit. <laughs> and, and and it wasn't planned. I didn't realize it till after the fact. But oh, really? I proposed to her on ten, ten, ten. Oh, nice. So lots of ones and zeros. Yeah. Nice. But on my end, you know, the start was um, I grew up in a dysfunctional home. Um, yeah. There was abuse and neglect. Um, started doing drugs at age twelve. Um, and um, um, started working by age 11. Um, yeah. So it's kind of on my own, uh, mm. not completely, but I, I had to really take care of myself. My, and my younger brother, my older yep. brother was yep. in trouble with the law a lot. Yeah. Um, I was very ambitious though. Um, and uh, so even though I was doing drugs, uh, you know, I had a lot of drive. So by mm. 15 and a half, I started my career to become a butcher, um, wow. which I did for 21 years. I did my AP studies in art. Um, I also um, uh, um, got my Class A state brake license, my license for overhauling engines, and uh, tune-up and electrical systems. So I go to school, high school part-time, then they send me to an adult educational school, and uh, and this is where I, I got the you know these licenses. But you know, yeah. so I was always a planner, like okay, well if I don't make it as a butcher, I'll be an artist, and if I don't make it as an artist, I'll be a mechanic, you know. But, uh, <laughs> Um, age 18, my senior year, I had my first heart attack from a meth overdose. Jeez. Young. Young. Mm. And um, the mistake was, well, there's a lot of mistakes, but uh, the do- I heard the ER the doctor outside the curtain talking to my father saying, well, if he was any older, he would have died. Um, mm. And that he got a hold of some bad stuff. So I thought I just got a hold of some bunk meth, right? So a couple months later, I used again mm-hmm. and had another heart attack. But be, mm-hmm. if anybody out there is an addict or suffered with addiction, um, you know the shame around the addiction, yeah. right? Because, yeah. you know, so I was so ashamed over the first heart attack that this time I was just willing to die. So I didn't call uh, the paramedics or anything. I was just willing to die. Luckily I pulled through. Sure enough, the cardiologist did confirm that there was a second more, uh, minor heart attack. Mm-hmm. So then what I did was I put myself into Taekwondo to change my path. So this is now I'm 19 years old. So this is where my martial arts career began. And, mm-hmm. um, and I started competing, uh, right away. And one night before a match, I was kicked in the back and, um, couldn't walk. Or barely was able to walk. And doctors said, well, Chris, if you're not careful, you might not walk again. Wow. Which led me to a doctor who had um, a therapist working for her. And he was a martial artist. And he was the one who started talking to me about chi. Right. This is over 20 years ago, 27 right. years ago. And so nobody was talking about Qigong in the U.S. back then. Very few people talking about Tai Chi, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, but let alone Qigong. And I had other health problems, too. I had severe digestive problems. You know, if I ate any type of uh, fat, like uh, a pork chop or, or, mm-hmm. uh, or an avocado or salad, anything mm-hmm. of that nature, I was vomiting an hour or two later or in the fetal position in so much pain. Wow. And I had every test done in Western medicine at the time, uh, upper GI, lower GI, you name it. Um, I lived on antibiotics. I lived on uh, over-the-counter medication. I had severe uh, chronic sinusitis. 
and I lived on antibiotics with that. And I had OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, not so bad to where I couldn't like go out of the house, but mm. I was definitely somebody who was checking the stove at least 30 times a night or wow. checking the door locks. And um, yeah. And so anyway, so uh, fast forward. So uh, um, um, I started doing these Qigong classes. And um, I kid you not, within about six months or so, um, I couldn't tell you exactly when, but it's like, man, when did I stop living on the antibiotics? When did I stop wow. having to take the medication for my stomach? I couldn't tell you when the pinpoint day was, but I knew there was a change. Mm, now, yeah. back then, I didn't really feel chi, but there was a change. Yeah. Definite change. And I thought if a simple, specific movement and med specific meditation could mm. do this to me, yeah. there must yeah. be something to the medicine. So that's when I started studying Chinese medicine. And that's what started. Uh, that's started my career and hmm. and so I was a butcher um, I had full custody as a single father at the time uh, uh, full custody of my older two kids mm. um, and then I got into another relationship um, and then had two other kids and um, so as my business increased with morning crane that's the name of the business morning crane healing art center I was able to cut back my hours as a meat manager as a butcher mm. Um, but, but you I kept the it. uniform, you kept the bald head and the white coat just to white coat, exactly. Except at least there's no blood on me <laughs> and, and the sharp knives, and the sharp knives. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, but anyways, so that's what launched, started to launch the career. And I had a lot of naysayers, you know, what, what's interesting yeah. about Carissa's story, what happened with her mentor with Pilates, yes. that first instructor, instructor that I had did the same thing to me. Yeah. Mm. So for years, him and his um, ex-wife, she's a prominent um, second generation acupuncturist. Wow. Uh, were telling me, Chris, you should do this for a living. Like you're a natural yeah. teacher, you should do this. And when I finally took the chance mm. and I stepped out, um, this woman named Janet, uh, she was a massage therapist mm. uh, working at a clinic in Los Gatos, California. She mm. said, you'd be great. Well, at the time, you know, I was a single father of two kids as a meat yeah. manager. I was like, how am I going to go from uh, cutting up dead cows all day and managing these <laughs> knuckleheads to healing people? Yeah. So, so out of fear, by Friday, I was going to say no. Right. And when I picked up the phone to call her, I seriously heard a voice or something say, wow. this, this is your last chance's lifetime. Wow. So here we go. You listened. Yeah. You, you answered the call. I answered you answered the call literally. It's really interesting when you talk about, you know, that, that shift from mentor to like competitor, rejector, you know, like it's, right. so the name of this podcast is Unboxable, Unstoppable. And oh. one of the things that I believe about that, I think one, and that was again, a bit of a, a name that just, it literally just came to me and I started it and it's, it's a good name. And it's funnily enough, the only podcast called that anywhere in the world that I can find. Yes. So and I think that the reason it came and the reason it fits is because a lot of the people I find in conversation like this, you know, that I get on the podcast have had that similar experience where they were existing in a particular paradigm or, or container, if you like, that wasn't big enough for us. And, and at some moment something or someone pushes you out of that container well, sometimes it's ourselves and, and we realize that we're in a box too small for us and we have to create a bigger container. We have to expand. And the only way to expand when you've outgrown a container is to change the container or get rid of the container altogether, you know, and, and I think that's why I like the word unboxable, unstoppable, unboxable because this naturally occurs, right? And, and, and we can't, and the unstoppable because it naturally occurs and unboxable because there is no box big enough for you when you're at that expansive kind of on that right. trajectory, right? Correct. And I, and I think what's beautiful about some of the things I just want to pick up that you said, so the, the link between shame and addiction, you said, you know, the shame that comes from addiction, also the shame that often precedes addiction, right? You know, you talk about that earlier life and, and so often there's a huge link there and that is expressed in so many ways, addiction, organs, heart attacks, you know, all the, the various ways that it expresses. But also the stomach ailment thing, I was struck by that story because I had a similar thing. There was a, a time, again, I was working for one of my mentors. I was mentored by a lady, also started working really young. I was mentored by a lady and um, 
she was my first employer and then she was the person who employed me after my degree. She actually challenged me to get a degree. I did arts, not art, but arts Mm. at Sydney University and history. And then um, I was working for her. She said, you know, get a degree, come back to me. And then she employed me and she's an amazing mentor, but um, I wasn't really ready. And she couldn't really mentor me either. She Things had changed for her, you know, and she was about to sell her business. I didn't know that. So I ended up getting fired from my sort of dream job, you know. So she said, here's the job, and then she sort of, you know, it was a pretty hard situation. And I think one of the things that really struck me was when I was working there, um, I went vegetarian for a while, and but I wasn't very, I was only like 22, and I wasn't very good at doing a vegetarian diet. So I ate a lot of the things you were just talking about, Chris, raw vegetables and, you know, like things that, and, and I ended up this one time I went to work and I was doubled over in pain in the stomach, couldn't work it out. One month of stomach pain, went to doctors. They said, there's nothing wrong with you. But my mentor had an acupuncturist that she swore by. So after a month of me taking days off, she was like, can you go and see my acupuncturist? please?" <laughs> and sure enough, she put me on a diet of, you know, broth mm. and yeah, said, yeah. you need to eat meat for your body type. You know, you need yeah, to eat certain good. meats and cooked foods, not raw sure. foods. If you're going to eat vegetables and right. And all the cheese yeah. stuff. And then she um, did the acupuncture. And that was when I fell in love with traditional Chinese medicine. And oh. it's helped me all my life. It's helped me have babies. It's, you know, I've been very blessed with incredible practitioners. And there's that thing about, we do draw to us the help that we need much like, you know, I had a session with Chris, just recently, highly recommend it, by the way. And similarly, you know, a unique form of therapy or treatment, you know, you're a a unique practitioner, Chris. And so fascinating that now is the time that I bring that in. You know, there's a few reasons that I'll I'll do in another podcast because this one's not about me. But um, just amazing, I think, the way that we do that and the way you drew each other into each other as well. And I'd love to hear a little more about, so how can martial arts, you know, and and something like Qigong, which is a similar kind of, it's really an intersection of martial arts and Chinese medicine. Yes. Would you say? Yeah. Yes. I would. <clears throat> yeah, and, and I would definitely say that, you know, the true martial artist is one that could heal as well too. Right. You know, it's not just about fighting and, um, mm. uh, and being able to heal yourself. And so, um, mm. you know, what's interesting is, is that I just got done writing an article for Black Belt Magazine in Europe on uh, Qigong. Um, in particular, uh, I was asked, there's somebody close to the Bruce Lee estate that had a letter that Bruce Lee wrote to himself, because most people don't know that besides Wing Chun and stuff that uh, Bruce Lee practiced, um, he also meditated a lot too. And in this letter, he's talking about how to cultivate internal force, internal chi. <laughs> From the Jing, you know, he's talking about the power Jing and the Jing, which I explained in this article that's going to be coming out. So what I did was I took that translated translation. I don't translate Chinese. I had my Sifu, my teacher, translate it. Mm-hmm. And then from there, um, I was able to break it down into a medicinal understanding of what's going on inside the body to cultivate this internal power, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so... And the nice thing about internal martial arts, so for uh, viewers that don't know what internal martial arts is, internal martial arts would be Tai Chi, um, in particular uh, the Chen family from the Chen system, Chen Tai Chi, um, Bagua, Xing Yi, Yichuan, these are all internal systems of martial arts. And uh, so it's more about cultivating its proper body alignment and structure, uh, cultivating this internal power as opposed to... uh, uh, brute force. And um, so when I was competing in Tai Chi tournaments, um, uh, you know, a difference from kickboxing when I did some of those with Kung Lee's fight team, um, you know, kickboxing, we start off across the ring from the opponent. With Tai Chi, we start off touching the opponent. Nice. And so people will say, like in the Chen system, uh, the traditional form is called Lao Jia, which are 75 postures. And the slow movements are all martial art applications. Yeah. And people say, well, how do you fight with it? Do you go tag your it? And I'm like, (laughs) no, like the slow movements teach you how to have proper body alignment mechanics. Because when you're out of alignment, you create weaknesses and deficiencies for yourself, especially in in combat. And first and foremost, it teaches you how to listen. And it's called listening to your own body. Nice. And then what happens is then... 
if you decide to use it as a martial art, then you um, learn how to listen to your opponent. Yes. But if you go into clinic as a practitioner in Chinese medicine, then you learn how to listen to the symptoms of your patient. Mm, nice. So listening is, is not only listening to what the person is saying, the tone of their voice, or what they are not saying. It's also listening to their body. It's also listening to the pulse. Mm. Right. So when I say listening to the body is like palpation, mm, those yeah. types of things is, is feeling what's going on. Um, that's called listening. So the sensitivity training is, you know, um, can be used for martial arts, um, but also too definitely for healing oneself and to heal other people. Mm. That's so interesting. So when we're training, I do Hapkido, Korean martial art, and there's a lot of, you know, obviously there's a lot of traditional elements in there. And, uh, and I instruct women so that, you know, there's an element of training women that's a little different. And because we have a women's class, which is a, a great blessing really that I get, that I get to do that. I do talk a little more about this stuff in that class and I use slightly different language, but I'm talking about the same stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, they, you know, some, some people come in and uh, men and women that I train with and they're using their muscle, they're using their brute force. Right. And then they're like, why can't I, they try and put me down and they're like, I can do this on everyone else, but I can't do it on you. And I'm not big. Right. So it's not, right. it's not that they're not able to do me because they can't physically throw me. They can, but mm -hmm. sometimes if I decide, I don't know exactly how this works. And I guess it's the chi stuff, you know, we call it key, you call it chi. Mm -hmm. Right. Sometimes I'll be like, okay, I'm going to challenge you and I'll decide I'm just going to, I'm going to not let them throw me. Right. And they get really annoyed and they're like, why isn't it working? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like, because no. you're using your muscle mm. and you're not using Hapkido, you're not using, yeah, you know, yeah. I just say Hapkido, you're not using technique. Right. Of course, yeah. there's an element of chi or ki. In that right. that's really important but we don't always say that overtly i'll just right. say use the technique you know use your use your dungeon which is like the the bit your below the belly button right yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. so and it's really interesting because you know, same with me sometimes i'll be like so focused so mentally focused on a technique that mm. i'll forget you know uh, or, or get so sort of so in the corner of my mind that i'm not using my whole body and my whole dungeon right. and my whole and I think this is such a great analogy for life. You know, like we, when we get so obsessed about doing something a particular way or trying to control something we cannot control rather than flowing or surrendering or being like water, as Bruce Lee would say, or, you know, like it's a particular kind of, I call it, this sounds silly and I'm sorry for the brutality of this, but I call it choking the monkey. I feel like, <laughs> you know, life is like a monkey. It jumps around and it's unpredictable. Right. And then sometimes we try and grab it and we grab it so hard that we choke, we stop it, you know? Mm. And I say that because it just makes you think differently and laugh. But, but really what I mean is, you know, you stop the flow. And, and I think right. sometimes we can get so attached to outcomes, we can become obsessive, and then we can be like, why isn't this working? I'm focusing so much on this. I'm doing it every day. I'm training hard. I'm, you know, spending all my life on my computer to make this business work. Why isn't it working? Whatever you choose, whatever thing you choose as an example, but there's always an element of unpredictability, of mystery. I talk about it as mystery of water, of chi, of life, that if we don't allow to flow, it, you know, it, it arrests the development of it, doesn't it? That's right. It's a, it's an allowing, allowing the chi right. flow. Right. And what's also interesting going back to Bruce Lee and thinking about his one inch punch. Yes. I mean, that has to come from, only an internal source because you need like momentum in order to hit mm. hard. And he would just have that one little inch of space yeah, and just develop yeah. such power from his yeah. lower Dantian and then really kind of do some damage. So that's kind of like the flip beautiful. side of the coin. hundred percent. Right? And it's, it's actually in our black belt pattern. We do a little, mm. um, a very similar technique to the one inch punch. And it's one of my favorite techniques to do. Wow. It's oh, very, yes. very difficult in a way to learn, but uh, yeah. I love it, you know. 
But once you've set into it and the posture is going to be very important, like how yes. do you position the body structure, 100%. once you set into it, then it, it's, you overcome that hurdle or whatever. And so for an experienced practitioner, you could just put your focus to it, set into yeah. it, and then bam, watch yeah. out. <clears throat> yeah. And, and the structure, the posture, you know, uh, we call it the Wu Ji posture, which in Chinese means the nothingness, yeah. the emptiness. Yeah. Uh, Beautiful. The Tao is considered Wu Ji, right? Um, yeah. And so that, that posture, by tucking that sacrum underneath, pressing back what we call the Ming Min, which is the acupuncture point yeah. um, in between the right and left kidney opposite the navel, you know, it's, you know, in other professional sports, they practice Wu Ji. For example, they don't call it that. For example, if you see a professional baseball player swing the bat, is a yes. wuji. A tennis yes. player, a hockey player, a golfer. It's foundational. Uh, it's yeah. foundational. You know, and I had forgotten some of the the. I was sparring one night with uh, Sancho. I was fighting or competing with uh, Kang Lee's fight team, and this uh, Sabat fighter from France was watching me spar. And the guy I was sparring against was punching me through my guard. And when the bell rang for the men at rest, he said to me, he said, Chris, so what are you doing? He said, tuck your sacrum underneath. It'll make your guard stronger. I'm like, ah. So when I was like this, then yeah. it's harder for him to punch through the guard. You know, yeah. so you see, so even boxers, you know, uh, you know, um, will utilize this posture. As I was well. going to say that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so, you know, we call it Wuji, but, you know, a lot of times what we're doing here is that, and this is what I love so much about Qigong stuff is that it's, once you understand, it's just common sense. Yeah, it's right. Down to common sense. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. So common all the time. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I heard. I heard somebody say uh, a couple of days ago that he was talking to somebody who was asking him to do something. He goes, "Oh, I'm sorry." He goes, "I, I, um, um, what? I have CS. I have CS. I have CS. I can't do what you're asking. I can me do. To. I, I can do CS. what you're asking me to do because I have a condition called CS. That's brilliant." And, and the guy said, well, what's, what's CS? What's CS? He's frustrated. He's like, oh, common sense. <laughs> That's so great. I'm going to use that. Um, yeah, I find, I, so I'm often pulling up, you know, I have these, we actually had a grading last week. It was so exciting. I'm a fairly new instructor. Okay. I'm not even a black belt yet, you know, and, uh, but I've got this class that I probably teach 80, 90% of the time with an, with another more senior woman. And she's amazing. Shout out Mel Thomas. But What's really cool about this, so getting these women to the grading, like they did so well and, and one lady double graded, she'd worked really hard and she was overdue for it and that's very rare for us to do that and it was fantastic and lots of, you know, encouraging compliments and just they were like, you're amazing and like we, I'm like, you're amazing, you know, we were just, it was really fun. But one of the things I really pulled them up on actually is just that really foundational stuff, you know. But see, we have a position that is like a rest position called Jumbi. It's like where, it's where you start and where you finish, you know, if you're doing the traditional. And it's basically what you're talking about, that same position. It's the Wuji position. But a lot of times people, I'm going to demonstrate, will just stand straight, you know, with the legs straight and just stand straight. And I'm like, <laughs> I do want to demonstrate. I'll just do this, you know, like just a normal sort of standing position. And I'll be like, no, no. You gotta do jumbi. You gotta do the hands in a particular position and the tilting and the bent knee slightly and the you know, like it's really important. Drop the shoulders, align that spine, you know, like I say all that. Yeah. Breathe into your dungeon or, or what you called it. And um, you know, yeah, dungeon. And it's just it's fantastic to see the difference, even in the face. When you remind them, you know, and also in the presence, like these positions, they, they also, apart from aligning you within the body, they, I feel like they align you to your moment, to your, like yeah. to an acceptance of where you are at. Totally. In that yeah. present moment. And that's, that's right. where you want to be on the maps. That's where you want to be in a fight. Like that's, you yeah. know what I mean? That's where you right? want to be even day to day and what you're yeah. doing. Yeah. So focusing on the task at hand. hundred percent. Right. hundred percent. Literally you want to be hundred percent. So that, that's the thing. Yeah. So it's like, if I think that there's so much more to these, there's such a, you know, not to get too caught up, but like they're so yeah. fundamental and, and from these things, these small changes we make have a big extrapolated change in your life, right? When you can totally. get this one little thing. And I imagine that's kind of what you do too, Chris. Like with, with your sessions, you know, you'll find a key change 
that needs to occur for a person you're working with that then will have a big impact, you know? Correct. Yeah. You know, for example, uh, depression, for example, uh, you know, so far everybody who's come in on uh, depression medication or anxiety medication, mm -hmm. we've gotten everybody off their medication. That's awesome. And um, uh, first of all, we give them some of these Qigong practices. So we give the power yeah. back to them, right? Here, right. You have the power to do this, right? But then also, too, um, through the sessions is understanding, well, what is the root cause of depression, right? Well, it's emotional trauma turned inward. And when it's turned yes. inward, it causes, in this case, nine times out of 10, it causes what we call as a liver dysfunction mm -hmm. and liver controls blood. And well, the controller of blood is not nurturing the heart, then the mind has no place to reside, right? Yes. So then, the, so then you see how the depression kicks in. Yes. But you know, sometimes it's very subtle things too, because one of the ways that I could assess or diagnose is from reading a person's face. So every feature on your face tells me a story about how you think. And um, we're laughing because he did this to me last week. But anyway, yeah. ditto on that. <laughs> In fact, when I first met her that night, I read her face. Well, damn. I wasn't going to make that mistake again. So, so, um, she didn't know I was reading her face, but I was reading her face. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, but uh, but it also tells us potential diseases and also inside the body also tells us emotional trauma inside the body as well, too, which turns into disease and inflammation. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, and so and sometimes, you know, like you said, sometimes it's something as simple as is just letting the person know, well, I see this line on your face, which yeah. means that it, even if you said you dealt with it, which I believe you've dealt with it, yes. somewhere in your system is still yeah. there because otherwise that feature would, or that line would be gone. Yes. It's so true. You know, I once did this amazing, like literally life-changing personal development work, which I did just before meeting my current husband. Mm. And, uh, I believe it, it emptied me out, like made space, like we talked about before in a way. And then I gave up smoking on the 8th of the 9th, 2010, 8, 9, 10, a couple of weeks before we met. And I don't think he would have gone out with me if I was smoking. So, you know, all these funny things like you guys, but what was interesting was I remember after doing this two or three day personal development, I came home and I took photos. My face looked different. I looked yes. so different. Like yes. it's remarkable. I could show you the photos. Yeah. yeah. I've since lost yeah. that glowing sheen, you know, over the last few years, <laughs> but <laughs> it's something still there. Yeah. But yeah, like it's sprinkles of pixie dust on you still. Yeah. Right, man. <laughs> totally. I'm definitely pixie blood, but like, it's just really interesting that the, it, you can see it, you know, and you can see it in someone's face when stuff is going on. I mean, we, you know, anyone who's at least a little bit empathic has an element of face reading already going on, right. yes. you know. And, uh, yeah, so that's why we call it the ever-changing face because yes. if you change, mm. what we say is that if you change the emotional response. So here we are in the heart of Hollywood and where yeah. everybody wants to look good or majority yes. of the people want to look yes. good, right? Mm. And uh, so people say, well, what about Botox? Well, or <laughs> fillers or whatever. And they say, well, the thing of it is is that if they don't change... <laughs> If they don't change the emotional yeah. response. <laughs> We're on a podcast. We're squeezing our faces back just so you guys know right. who aren't watching this video. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, if, uh, if you don't change the emotional response or the underlying trauma, mm. those lines will come back. Mm. Yeah, and, and that's really interesting. Go. Sorry, you go. Yeah. I'm sorry. The um, two most changeable features on your face is your mouth and your eyes. Yes. That makes perfect mm. sense to me. And... The thing that you're saying about changing the original, changing the original experience or changing the original emotion. I mean, you can't change an experience, yeah. but you definitely can change how it exists in the body and how it exists really. in the mind and how exactly. you interact with it. And there's right. that great expression, the issues are in the tissues, you know, like exactly. our cells and particularly for you and I, Parisa, in our, you know, with a, a Eastern European Jewish heritage, which I also yes. share, oh, we have, you know, a thousand years of anti-Semitism that we're just casually carrying around. You know what I mean? It's like it's in yeah. there. And so we have great cause to work on this stuff because we're clearing generations of epigenetic information wow. and uh you know, epigenetics, very, we, Chris and I mentioned this before, very interesting about the way that we carry the trauma of our forebears. Yes, and the way that the cells unlock and reproduce and make copies of each other. Right. And, and now we're starting to get into the concept of 
timelessness, mm. immortality, nice. and um, exploring just the different capabilities of this human body, this, this skin suit that we're in. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. cool stuff. There's, I read this cool thing recently. I was thinking about, about a, um, go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say Newtonian oh. and Einstein time, the two different types of time. Look that up. It's very cool. Oh, mm. relative versus finite. Finite. Yeah. Mm. Wow. It's all just yeah. an illusion. <laughs> it really I was, I was thinking about the quote. There's a quote from Master Nee. Um, yeah. He's one of the Taoist masters. Chris has um, had a reading and his sons, Dr. Dao and Dr. Mao, they founded Infinity and Yosan University down here in L.A. Cool. In his book, he says, um, just as the fish is unaware of the fact that it lives in water, we, too, are unaware of the vast, inexhaustible sea of energy or sea of chi that supports our life. Oh, and brilliant. so we have this ability to tap in because it's all around us and it's within us. Yes. And when we clear these blockages, it's like riding a wave. For any surfers, it's like you swim against the current, then yeah. you, you know, you get out there and then you catch the wave and you ride that wave. And we yeah. have the ability to do that in our life as well. Oh, it's so great. I remember one of the masters that came and taught us once talked about defense time and attack time inspiring. And the mm. defense time you speed up. And attack time, no, defense time you slow down and attack time you speed up. So when you're attacking, you speed up time. And when you're defending, you slow it down so you can see what's coming. Right. Oh. And I was like, yeah, man. So like we, we use, yeah. we can use our ability to connect differently with the energies around us with things like time to change our experience. You know, yes. correct. Totally. And it's, um, it's not crazy woo-woo magic stuff it's actually physics no i mean it's science Science, yeah exactly it's actually quantum physics and we often think that this is all woo-woo new age spirituality it's not it's ancient what we now call quantum physics is is ancient philosophy and you know like we just have new names for the same stuff right Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So um, going back into, you know, manifesting and those kinds of things, yes. you know, it's based upon that, upon that same idea. Right. And yeah. uh, so that's why it's so important to be conscious of your thoughts and, mm. um, and what you're thinking about and what you're saying to yourself. And, mm. um, and then to also what, you know, what uh, other people say to you, you know, mm. uh, we just did a, um, you know, every week we release a video on YouTube on some health related topic. And, um, um, and today, Priest and I did one together for Christmas, for the holidays, on how to combat the stress of the holidays or, nice. or tools to help with the stress of the holidays. And, mm. you know, there's a lot of times that um, uh, I don't know how it is in Australia, but at least here in the U.S., that because you're born into a family, it's like, well, you have to put up with whatever it is that they dish out to you. Yeah. And so besides giving some Qigong techniques and some essential oil techniques and such like that, you know, one of the things I suggest is, you know, you really check in with yourself, Mm, you know, are you going into an environment um, that is unhealthy, um, Mm. that that they don't respect your boundaries? Out of obligation uh, instead of, yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, check in because, Mm. you know, ultimately your body is your shrine. And I think no matter what spiritual tradition you follow or practice, this is your shrine. You are to protect that shrine. That's where martial arts comes in, to protect that shrine. Why do you protect that shrine? So that way you could show or that way you could show up in the world and 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 um emanate your life purpose which is the way that god yes where your god or Tao shows itself is when a person's found that life purpose Mm, so you know protecting the shrine is making sure that we eat right sleep right hydrate exercise you know those kinds of things but it's also being able to protect ourselves and sometimes Mm. you know yes martial art gives us the tools to 
to uh, deflect, right? And also uh, to, uh, to be able to tap into some of those things if something comes up, but also too, emotionally, which is energy also, yeah. Yeah. if you're around people that um, are cruel or, um, mm. you know, condescending, toxic, toxic people, mm. then, you know, my That's attitude is, is that, you know, we, um, we don't have to show up for that. Mm. And it's not an avoidance strategy. For me, what it is, is that it's protecting the shrine. And mm. for us, for example, like uh, pre-COVID, our good friend down here, um, Eric, uh, he's a Hollywood physique expert. His name is Eric the Trainer. He's a, a, a beautiful person. He's this massive uh, Jewish guy with, yeah. with blonde, blonde hair, you know, right. he's in his fifties and he's, he's fit, but he, you know, he leads from his heart. But anyways, him and his wife, she's Japanese. Um, you know, a few Christmases ago, we spent the time in Seattle, Washington with her family mm-hmm. and it was such a great time. So what we do is, is that we surround ourselves with supporting and loving people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if the family can't dynamic, can't be supporting and loving, it's like, okay, well, I, I I just have to take a step back. Um, yeah. I don't wish any ill will, yeah. right, right. you or anything. But um, no, no, I'm going to surround myself with people that support and love me. And Jim Rohn, who is one of my mm. favorite, um, uh, I don't philosophers. know, philosophers yeah. on, um, on personal, development. personal development. You know, he says it best in one of his um, audios. He says, to make yourself a beautiful person, Surround yourself with beautiful people. Yeah. And he's not talking externally. He's talking <laughs> internally. Totally. That's what he's talking about. 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's really funny you say that, actually, because my son the other day said, oh, I've got purple socks on. My, my friend at school is going to tease me. And I said, why would he tease you for purple socks? And he said, he doesn't understand what beautiful is. <laughs> Aw. He's so nearly sweet. five. And I was Aww. like, oh, my God. That's so, that's sweet, so yeah. onto it. That yeah. is so perfect. Yeah. From yeah. the mouth of babes. Yeah. And, and I think you're, you're now tapping into something else about, you know, um, you know, as a, as a young boy growing up yes. into becoming a man, yes. you know, when I remember, uh, uh, several years ago, uh, we were going to, we had flown about 20 people had flown to Vegas for this concert. We we're friends with some of the people in the band of Nickelback and, um, cool. And we were having dinner one night, and, uh, and this gentleman sat down next to Parisa, and we got to talking. And I said, oh, I sew, I do most of the cooking, I shop, I do all the, the organizing and the deep cleaning and stuff like that. So he says to me, he says, so I guess you're a feminine type. <laughs> and I said, well, I said, well, I guess you could say that, you know, if that's the classification that you want to put me under. That you need that you need. Um, but, and I, and I, and I do not hesitate to tap into those feminine qualities. Like I'm the first one to dance, uh, to cry at dancing with the stars. Like (laughs) you'll see me there with my little tissue with tears, right? You can ask her, like she'll say like, it's It's so touching. Right. So, but anyways, what I told him is, is that, you know, you could view it that way, but you had to understand that growing up as a child, I had to learn how to do this stuff. Yeah. So no longer became male or female. Yeah. It just was a necessity of life. I think he said something a little bit more. Oh, I said, (laughs) (laughs) yes, I did. I said, but yes, it might appear to be feminine or whatever, but I will not hesitate to punch you in the face at any point. I forgot. I forgot. Well done. Well, I was like, get to the punchline here, daddy. <laughs> punchline. Oh, exactly. Brilliant. Brilliant. I mean, I'm a, a little similar in that, you know, I've always been in male dominated industries. Like I started in very female dominated, got, got fired as I mentioned. So then I went into full on male, you know, like legal film building and martial wow. arts, like all really male dominated industries. And I yes. was like, had a single mom till I was about, I don't know, 10 or something. And, um, I think you do that. I think you do embody like, you know, the, there wasn't a man of the house. Yeah. So, so we did it like, I'm the person around our house that I, don't tell my husband this. I often fix things. Like I'm often the one that will, you know, he he can. I'm just yeah. the one that you often does. Yeah. 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 And like if they're, you know, I'll stand up to people too. Like I'm the one if yeah. I see someone, this happened just at the beginning of COVID, there was a lady being bullied in a car park. I think I talked about this recently as an example of oh. when you channel your power. 
Yes. Um, and, you know, there's another way you can put it, which is where you embody the goddess, you know, where you make yourself mm. like elephant ears, where you make yourself bigger than you are, Big. right? Yes. Yes. So that's a, that's a chi thing also. That's like a yes. gathering of chi and then a and, and then a blowing it up sort of, you know. And uh, I did that in this car park. I saw this woman. She was an Asian woman being bullied by, you know, a white male in a pickup truck. And she had done nothing and he was just yelling at her about how she parked, like for no reason. And I saw it and he walked away and then I and then I started to walk towards her to see if she was okay. And I watched him turn to come back and have another crack at her. Mm. And I just looked at him and I mm. did the thing. Yeah. And he turned and walked away. So, I mean, oh, sometimes you don't have to actually do anything. You just have to right. have the intention, Correct. you know. Yeah. So I think yes. it's a powerful, yeah. that is a powerful thing to have the ability to stand up for yourself. And, again, Absolutely. say you are not one of my beautiful people in my beautiful circle. Stay away, <laughs> you know. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and, and right now there's a lot of, um, there's an escalation of violent crimes happening here in right. Los Angeles. Right. Um, blatant mm. uh, muggings and shootings. and oh, it's hard. Affluent uh, areas of Beverly Hills and and such. And when I was talking with somebody, uh, because I had Parisa take start taking a tactical hand to hand combat training. Yeah, good. Um, and um, and when I was talking to somebody, it was a woman, and she was nervous about what's going on here. And I yeah. said, but if you stand with confidence, yes, yeah. right, you stand yes. with confidence, totally, and you make eye contact with people, like mm-hmm. I'm aware of you, yeah. Uh, um, and stuff like that, it changes the dynamic because yeah, that's, that's an energy exchange that's happening. Right. And bullies and thugs, what they want to do is they want to intimidate and, and, and increase fear, right? Mm. Yeah. To instill fear. But if you stand uh, confidently um, in your center, then, then yeah. you definitely can change a situation, like you said, just from a gaze. Yes, and it doesn't absolutely. matter how... how how short you are, or how tall you are, right? Right. Um, yeah. Because you're bigger than life at that point, and they yep. sense that, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's, yeah. you know, my grandfather had that stare as well. He could do it when we were kids. <laughs> if we did something wrong, right. he'd give us a look, and man, you knew. Like nothing you, needed to be said. You better stop doing yeah. that. <laughs> exactly. But I also remember being out one night when I was first training in my 20s, and, uh, and this person who was sort of maybe a bit nuts or a bit on drugs or I don't know, was having some yeah. sort of episode, episode of some kind, came running at me and my friends like, blah, 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 you know, like really not so crazy behavior, like just being really wow. behaving really crazy. And my friends all sort of went like this and I turned and faced him ah. and he just kept running. And my girlfriend turned to me and said, how did you, how did you do that? I was like, well, I wasn't scared, you know, because mm. I was training and I think yeah. that's the thing. If you have the training, it's tool in the toolbox. It allows you Correct. to defend these yes. sacred gifts we're talking about and this ability, yeah. you know. And yeah. it's, it's yes. so powerful, isn't it? So powerful. Man, we could talk all day. Can we do an episode right. two? Yeah, let's do a continuation. <laughs> I think we need yeah. to. And oh, and also just on that point yeah. is that each one of us, every person who's listening to this right now has the ability to do that same thing. hundred percent. Absolutely. It's the focus and the mind intent. Right. And, and also for us ladies, especially is like when you are outside walking around in public, don't look at your phone, like look around you and pay attention to what's going on. Yeah. And the more we practice awareness, the better off we are to notice both the more nefarious things, but also if there's someone who needs us or if there's someone that needs us to tune in and and support them in our lives, you know, like that awareness is a big martial arts thing too, you know, training awareness, training your peripheral vision, training Mm. consciousness of what's going on around you and tuning into the present. It's a powerful technique to use in your life, I think, for everything we do. And um, so cool. I love where this conversation has gone. You guys are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah thank you so much. Yeah. No, yeah. Really fun. I can't Super fun. It. Super fun. Yeah. Well, you know, when you have like-minded people that yeah. um, I think they have the purpose in life of so uplifting humanity, yeah. then the conversation could just keep on going because there's no selfish intention. All it is yeah. is about educating and uplifting people's lives, right? So Yeah. Really oh, it's a beautiful thing. I can't wait to hang out with you guys. I don't know when, yeah. but, oh, it's going to be so much fun. It will happen. It will be happen. A, a family reunion. I know. It's so cool. <laughs> 
Um, so oh. lots and lots of love to you both and I hope you yeah, have a beautiful afternoon. I'm so grateful for you to thank take you. the time and be on this podcast and in this conversation. Thank you for having yeah, us. Thank-, thank you, guys. Unboxable, unstoppable. Yeah, that's us. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that, isn't and it? It's go, the same thing. This. <laughs> okay. Okay, how do you spell love? L-O-V-E. L-O-V-E. See you later. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. You guys are so cute. It's ridiculous. We're going to have to watch that one on the video, I think, guys. Um, (laughs) That was very cute with hand signals and, like, interpretive dance and everything. We do that on the Chi Club. Very cool. So I'm going to put all the links so everybody can check out what you're doing in the show notes. Please share this conversation. It's a power-packed conversation. We can all feel it. So share the love. Let people know about these awesome two people doing amazing work over there and um, oodles of love and I'll be in touch very soon, my friends. Fantastic. Love you and take care of yourself. Thank you. Love you too.